and there's no uh, formal start. We just talk, and then uh, I say something like. Hey, welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington, your host and the owner, and I'm here with my guest and new friend, Kieran Blake. Hi, Kieran. Hello, Charlene. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. You got Thanks it. for uh, traveling way out here. For some reason, I thought you lived in the city, and so that it was more of a hardship. I didn't realize you lived fairly close. In yeah, not far at all. Easy. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I know almost nothing about you, so this is going to be kind of cool. All right. Um, we met because you helped me get a treadmill to my apartment. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was some some night. Yeah, you yeah. were doing some man with a van stuff That's right. during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad to be done with that. Yes. That uh, was the trickiest project I did all throughout. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because that elevator, trying yeah. to get... Get an ele- elevator. treadmill in an elevator. Yes, yeah. and I thought it would be easy to take apart. Yeah. And it turned out the screws were stripped, and the two of you tried every possible configuration yeah. of getting that treadmill in the elevator, and you were almost going to carry it up four flights of stairs. We'd still be doing that. But yeah, you'd that, still yeah, be yeah. there. And it, it was a, an actual gym treadmill, so yeah. it wasn't like a little apartment treadmill that you can fold up. Yeah, I, can, I feel like I can do anything now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was pretty proud of myself for coming up with the idea to use plumber's tape. I have a pretzel. That was, to, uh, that was pretty good. It, yeah. I, I feel like that's going to stay with me forever. It was a team effort. Yeah, it was a team it, effort. Yeah, it's also it goes to show that you're a good bar owner. Because <laughs> I can find solutions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're back to work. I'm back to work. We haven't started shows yet, but a couple of weeks, mid-August, we'll be back at it. Cool. And uh, it's going to be interesting. That. Yeah. Um, and so you are the GM of the Barry Ballroom. That's right. How long have you been there? Ten years. Wow. Yeah. Almost 2,000 shows. 2,000 shows by the end of the year. That's amazing. Yeah. And are, are they open right now? No. We, okay. we're, we're prepping it and did a lot of work getting, you know, new sound system and lights and oh, nice. f- fixing a lot of things. And uh, we'll be ready mid-August and back at it. Cool. Yeah. Um, how long have you been in the bar business? Uh, probably over oh, 20 years. All, 20 years in New York. Where'd, uh, are you, where are you from? I'm from Long Island. Okay. I moved into the city after college. I went to St. John's in Queens. Okay. And uh, I, I started working in finance, my first job, a very remedial finance job, which I did not want to stay with. Uh-huh. And I quit and quickly got a job as a bartender. Where? On the Upper East Side. Oh. At this crappy bar. So you were bar. still hanging out with finance people. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> some of them own this bar. And they were like the kind of people who, who like, geared it to Thursday, Friday, Saturday night crowds. Uh-huh. Like gaggles of people. Uh-huh. And they let me work uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, that's too. good. So, you know, uh, nobody was around. Nobody would go to this bar. Mm-hmm. And they let me start putting yep. on comedy shows and start putting music in. And we started just doing events and... Uh, I was still pretty new to the city. I didn't, yeah. you know, I just figure out what, we need to get customers in here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did and you know how to bartend before that or did you learn? More or less, you know, yeah. keg parties and, and college parties <laughs> okay, and that sure. kind of thing. But uh, I learned, I actually learned at the same bar uh, on New what Year's Eve. What was it Eve. called? It was called the, the Prowl. The Prowl. Long since shuttered. Okay. And it, it was a just a whole like 10 owners kind of place. Ooh, it was terrible, rough. yeah. Yeah. 
But they treated me good, and they were cool, and they taught me how to bartend, like, at, you know, in a Manhattan-style bartending. Did you know them before that? I knew, sort of. Friends okay. of friends and a couple of people I sort of knew. They were like, we got to get someone to take those shitty Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday shifts. Yeah, and they were like, <laughs> I think on my first shift, I was standing there with no customers, and these this group of owners were talking about someone needs to come in and take the beer delivery on on Wednesday, someone needs to paint the bathroom door, uh-huh. and I just kept saying, I'll do it, I'll That's do it. Awesome. I lived near there at the time, and... Uh-huh. Uh, I think within hours I was the man, quote unquote manager of the bar during the week. That's so great. So they let me like staff it and put in comedy shows and put in bands and you know I just mm-hmm. just I I couldn't have been happier. I was all of a sudden living my New York dream of That's not amazing. working a corporate job and meeting a lot of people and having fun and and uh, yeah. and you just promoted all these different nights and you yeah yeah. Met. I, I was it was so long ago but yeah I started promoting comedy nights I started promoting very random like bands I don't even remember mm-hmm. how I came across these people but this is all before uh, before the internet uh-huh. and I would think I would just like poach them out of uh, the Village Voice before all the oh that's amazing you know what I mean yeah, I would just yeah, like yeah. I don't know I would go downtown there was a place called Nightingales I used to go to I remember Nightingales yeah yeah, yeah. they had like bar bands in there uh-huh. and uh, I would try to and you would just, just be like, hey, you want to play yeah, uptown? Well, I, and they were like, sorry, I, I, I get too, a nosebleed past 14th Street. Yeah, but you know what I did? I, it was, I learned early that uh-huh. if I put, like, I put a drum kit in, I put a, I bought uh-huh. my own, I had a bass amp, a couple guitar amps, uh-huh. and I pieced together a back line. And then I started telling artists, like, you don't, have to, you don't even have to promote your shows. You just come in and play to my crowd. Okay. And all you got to do is bring in guitars. And, and you don't even have to lug the drums along. Yeah. That's smart. I, and then one thing led to another. And a certain artist kind of got it, and they, they kind of knew it. And, like, instead of going to their rehearsal space, they would come play our place. Oh. And there was always girls around and a lot of pot and alcohol and, so you know. So you would get musicians, and they didn't have to. So they would just come, like, basically practice. Yeah. That's that's really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And there was a, you know, it, it, it kind of snowballed once I met... Uh, one or two who were into it they kind of told their friends and then the others started asking can we do that can we do that and if it, if it made sense for the bar I would do it sometimes it was cover bands or uh-huh. bands doing their songs and mixing in covers and That's simple brilliant. stuff yeah yeah um, I used to I used to um, you know during that during probably during that time 20 years ago I used to swing dance <laughs> and um, I always used to get hit on by the stand-up bass player because I had a really big car. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I could fit the bass in my trunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that would be convenient if the bar already had the big instruments. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody ever, uh, I don't notice other places doing it. Maybe with the back lines now. But. No, I guess, I mean, I guess with all the weird, um, like, cabaret laws, yeah. not a lot of bars have Remember bands, back in those days, like, no yeah. dancing and all that? Yeah, like, yeah. They used to, everyone was so afraid to stand on a chair we, or dance or yeah we used to yell at people yeah. like if somebody like bopped their head to the beat a little too hard we were like hey hey no dancing they're gonna shut us down <laughs> they're gonna shut us down we, we, I remember yeah. neighborhood bars were very strict like they, yeah, were, they yeah. were like bolting tables to the floor which seemed way more dangerous that's, yeah that seems but crazy but for some reason we didn't get bothered and the that's owners great. never really like they were such weekend people they never came around during the week I feel like um, 
I feel like I took pleasure in telling people they weren't allowed to dance. Like, hey, 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 this is a dive bar. No fun here. Yeah. This is not that kind of place. You want to go have fun, you go to a disco or something. Like, we're a dive. You go to that, what was that, 80s, play, 80s dance bar back oh, then? Oh, Culture Club. Culture Club. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. where you go. Go to Culture Club. <laughs> we're just drinking here. I went, I went, I think it's still open. Um, I think it moved and it's still open because I went there for a bachelorette party. Oh, boy. Like, like six years ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I got let in for free and I was like, I still got it. And then I realized that it was early and they let everybody in for free uh, at that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't got nothing and there's nobody here. I think it is open. They do like a 70s night, 80s night, and now yeah. they even do a 90s night, wow. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's hilarious. It's too bad, yeah. <laughs> so how long did you work at that bar in the... Uh, it was probably like two or three years, mm-hmm. and then I uh, I really lucked out and wound up at a place called Siberia in Hell's Kitchen. No way! Yeah, yeah. You ever oh, go man, there? I love Siberia. Did yes, you ever go yes, to the yes. subway one? Yes, oh, yeah. I did. That was a game changer. Um, yeah. yeah. I even went there by myself a few times. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. I'm fucking crazy. It was a wild place. Yeah. And it was really fun, and it, it really set me off into like real New York nightlife and fun and meeting all kinds of people mm-hmm. and, and be and just fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I worked at the Sheridan um, oh, in yeah. Midtown. Yeah, yeah. And so like that was one of the places we could go drink that yeah. was nearby that wasn't a tourist trap. That was like the, the, my first introduction to Midtown and Hell's Kitchen really, you mm-hmm. know, that west side mm-hmm. there and meeting people who worked at hotels and like non, sort of non-corporate-y, financy, uh, Uptown, Midtown people, like yeah. all the, the theater crowd, you know, all the dancers, and that—that yeah. that was uh, people this, that live in these like one-room closet apartments. Yeah, and yeah. Pay like six hundred dollars a month because they want to be near the theater. Yeah, yeah. And also like that little West Side Hell's Kitchen there, like there's a there's a lot of bars and a lot of fun to be had. Yeah, like, there certainly was. Oh man, you must have seen some shit. Uh, I did actually. There was uh, a lot of the SNL after part, like uh-huh. not really after parties, but like yes. after, after like weeknights when they would be uh, out late, late, and mm-hmm. come in, they'd come in and party. A lot of press folk, mm-hmm. media people would come in, and you just never think of these people as insane, lunatic, drug-addled alcoholics. Yeah, but I they mean, are. <laughs> if you think about the earlier seasons of SNL, then that makes perfect sense. But yeah, yeah I mean. That seems like a stressful job. You it need was. To get drunk after. Yeah. It, oh yeah, yeah. It was for them too, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that that place, if you remember, it moved from 50th and Broadway uh-huh. to 40th and 9th. It moved over to to the West Side more. And then it was no longer in the subway. It was no longer in the subway, but it had a big basement, uh-huh. and it really became a great place to throw parties and all manner of. It really took off as a kind of event space beyond mm. the bar. And How that, long were you there? I was there for five years. And it was, I, it, uh, no, you go. It was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. It, it kind of really kicked me off into like now really booking bands and uh-huh. getting to know people in that world more. The internet was new, and I had a uh, someone build a website for us. Mm-hmm. I freaked Flash, oh, wow. a Flash website. Uh-huh. It was a pain in the every day trying to fix the website. <laughs> but uh, that 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 really started to take off, and then people started coming to me instead of me seeking out things. Uh huh. So that was a that, that was a lot of fun. And did you? So you were bartending there and booking bands? I, I, yeah, I bartended there and kind of looked after the uh, the affairs for the owner, which is really just ordering beer and whatnot. 
So you were like the the dreaded bar manager. I was the very dreaded de facto. <laughs> I was the de facto that's, manager. That's, yeah. That's um. <laughs> I always tell people if someone offers you a bar manager job, don't take it. It's basically all the shit the owner doesn't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. And you you don't get to really make a lot of decisions. Yeah. I mean, depending on your play on where you are. And you get blamed for a lot of shit, and you don't get paid enough for the amount of work you do. That's right. Um, that's that's just standard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you um, know, I'll tell you, it was next to um, it was next to Bellevue Bar. Remember mm-hmm. Bellevue Bar, mm-hmm. which has become Duff's. Okay. Duff's started over there, and we were like sister bar to to that. It okay. Was, they were connected, sort of, and that was a lot of fun. That was, I think, the best bar in New York for while they were going, or sort, you know, maybe not the best bar in New York, but. Certainly up over there. Uh-huh. And Jimmy Duff, legend, he ran Bellevue, and it was mm-hmm. a, a great spot. And ha- having that next door... I don't know of Jimmy Duff, the legend, he, but... He, he, he's Duff's bar, yeah. if okay. you're familiar with that place. Got it. Anyway, great guy. Got it. Great guy to get on this podcast, maybe. Uh, well, maybe you'll help me do that. I'll, I'll, yes, <laughs> we can do that, yeah. I'll do some research, and you'll, you'll connect me. Yeah. Um, that would be amazing. Um, and... Um, I know you must have had to throw some people out of Siberia. A lot. Any was, stories? Well, I'll tell you, we had, there was this policy, there was no cursing and no hitting I on women. remember that. Remember that? Yes. So there was like, you could do cocaine on the bar uh-huh. and be a, Which a, was a probably slug. why I went there by myself. Yeah. <laughs> but you could, like, the on. owner was this huge, crazy person. Uh-huh. And, but he would not, he just didn't want bros coming around interrupting the good time especially uh-huh. for women who were just trying to have fun so if you were charming enough to chat like a normal person you could be meeting all kinds of lovely people uh-huh. but if you were just going to be macking on girls he was going to throw you out of there I love and that. It, when I first started working there it was very uncomfortable because he would make me do it and mm-hmm. I'd be like you guys got to go and they'd be like what I'm like you hit, we told you we're hit, mm-hmm. you're hitting on girls and you're cursing mm-hmm. you, it sounds so insane cursing. yes but the longer I work there the more you realize like this is kind of a cool little yeah. uh set of rules to keep people from being assholes yeah. at bars. I mean, we kind of have a no-hitting-on-women policy in all of my bars, yeah. um, but it's a little more subtle. Yeah. You know, it's just like, hey, man, stop it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. not, like, a big sign. And we're okay. We're okay with cursing, but we don't have a big bro issue in this neighborhood. So yeah, we're, yeah. We're we, we didn't have it too much in this place because it was such a divey place. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, not really speakeasy, but it had a little bit of that vibe. Yes, you had to kind of know it was there. But we, we got to a point, we, it was like a high ceiling place, mm-hmm. and we had a projector that had a, a, a VHS thing uh-huh. hooked up to it, and he had this Playgirl VHS tape, uh-huh. so like soft gay porn, and awesome. when too many bros came in, or if he didn't like you the crowd, the po- he'd be like, put I the tape that. on, and we'd be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> So this like very soft. Have penises like, scare men away for yeah, a change. Yeah, they'd be like guys making out with good abs. And then like those dudes would be at the bar like, what's going on? And we, we'd just be ignoring them until they left. And... That's great. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Note to self, get a projector, get some softcore porn. Playgirl. Playgirl. Playgirl tapes, it. yeah. Got it. <laughs> get a VHS. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now I could probably just hook up my computer, but I don't know if I could find the softcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. It, just it, Google Playgirl. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you at Siberia? I was there for like a five, six years. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was about a year, two, year and a half in the uh, subway. Mm-hmm. And then about three more years over in the... Uh, 
in, and 40th and 9th. They have a red door? They, they had a, a black door with a red light above it. Got it. So it was one of those things. There was no storefront. It was just a yeah. black door, you know? Yeah. Yes. And then I worked up, up the road there. A place called Bar 9 was up on 53rd and 9th. I know Bar 9. And that, was, yes. that had a lot of history yes. to it. And it, it, it furthered my, like, path towards music because it had a stage. Mm -hmm. I, brought, I kept lugging this back line. And this, now I had a whole PA system mm -hmm. with me. And uh, I was able to, you know, continue booking bands. And uh -huh. only ones that I thought made sense for the space. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of sad sack. Folkies and singer songwriters who would always want to be play, and yes. like, no, you can no, it's not happening. <laughs> or old bluesmen, like I mean, <laughs> like my like my exterminator that keeps telling me that what we need in here is like an old guy's jazz band, and I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what this bar is missing. You your, can do that in the park. Your yeah. exterminator and like your two other friends playing jazz in my background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 would, I was inundated with all that, yeah. especially up in the theater world. There's a lot of, yeah. a lot of musicians. And they're like, and, you ever book comedy? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I did that for a while, and then I, then I finally was fed up with nightlife, and I quit. Okay. And what did I do? I forget what I was doing. What would you uh, do? I... I I, I, I was ready to leave New York. Mm -hmm. I was actually going to go to Russia and work the Sochi Olympics. Okay. And that was really a long shot anyway, but that was the plan. Just work it as what? Like, like uh, uh, you know, they need a lot, all manner of help. Okay. You know, work in the hotels and, you know, interpreters and all that kind of thing. Do you speak Russian? No, but I speak English. So, okay. Uh, but, like, they, need, they just needed all manner of employees and Got to get it. there early and a friend had a grandmother who was willing to put me up okay ecad ecaterina was a burlesque dancer uh -huh. and she was really pushing me to do it because she, she was ready to put me up with her grandmother over there wow but then i got a job at the bell house okay i was playing on their softball team okay and okay. i got hired uh i guess i was the third baseman on the softball team that was a riot so and you got hired for the softball team uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I would always see these guys uh -huh. out drinking at, what bar was that, uh, down on Atlantic Avenue, um, uh, Brazenhead. No, further down, it's no longer there. Magnetic Fields. Magnetic Fields. Okay. I, I would always see Got them it. there, and I would just, they'd all be in their, like, post-softball uniforms, uh -huh. and I'd be like, you guys gotta call me, I wanna play on the softball team. And I finally got the call. And, and then they had to hire you because you were on the team? And I didn't have a job. I was just hanging around. I was basically like pining to work with them and hang, you know, play more games. And, uh -huh. and it you, worked. Yeah. Did you ever get a non-bar job in between that? No. No? Okay. No, I hung around. I think I painted. I was like, I got into the handyman thing a little bit. Got it. And thankfully that didn't last uh -huh. too long because I don't think I would have, at that time, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a good thing for me. I was running out of money and mm -hmm. reasons to be in New York. Yeah. And then uh, same thing at uh, Bell House. I, I was within a week. I was like the like the secondary manager of the place. That just happens to you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so they gave me a bar gig oh. in order to make some money, and then a few other nights a week uh, managing the place. Okay. And that was great. It's right in my neighborhood yeah. and awesome people. Yeah, I love the Bell House. Yeah, yeah. I, I hire a lot of their uh, wayward bartenders. <laughs> I could see one right over here. Yeah, yeah. There's the one right here. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but getting back to throwing people out of the bars, I'm yes. trying to think. There was Always one time, like an extremely large, like uh, construction guy who had uh -huh. all like the like the white powder on him from uh -huh. from like whatever, like putting like up sheetrock and just <laughs> slamming his hands on the bar and like Which bar demanding. Was this? this is at Siberia. Okay, demanding like 
uh, everything, uh-huh. alcohol, women, like breaking everything. Ra- you know, like just <laughs> really scary human. The only time I was legitimately scared uh-huh. and I had to throw him out. I'm like, you cannot be here. He was so stressed out. I was looking at all the customers, like, like call the cops for me, like be yeah. ready to like jump on this guy when he kills me. And I just kept having to like kind of ignore him and pretend uh-huh. I was busy and finally got him out of there. And even right when the owner, this very large owner came in, and saw this commotion. He wouldn't even help me. Wow. But it do meant, you, yeah. Do you have a way? Please, for... please, I beg. You just beg? <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, like, I, I don't know, I've been lucky. I had nothing, uh-huh. nothing ever too wild. Do I, you ever have to come around and drag people out? Thankfully, I always work at places with good security. Oh, that's good. We had a security guard named Floyd, who was uh-huh. the best security guard in the world. He was about five foot uh-huh. seven. Nice. Big guy, like, uh-huh. really tough. He was a two-way football player in college at Albany State or something. He What's played, a two-way football player? He played player? defense and offense. Okay. Then he was a uh, he was a Marine MP or an Army MP, military uh-huh. police. So then he, he had was, nothing to prove. He, he had was nothing just to prove. A big guy. He was a brick shit house. <laughs> uh huh. And totally gay. Awesome. So he was like the coolest guy. He I would love come, him yeah, yeah. already. <laughs> he would come over with like the hang loose sign, uh-huh. which like, the pinky and the thumb out, uh-huh. which meant he wanted a Budweiser and a shot of Cuervo. Okay. And the only person I ever knew who to drink Cuervo. Yeah. But he would have twenty of them night and was a, such. A we t- don't even he, have Cuervo. He was the best security guard I've ever worked with. Great <laughs> guy, and he would just block people and so and just escort them out. That sounds nice. Uh, he, that, he was at Siberia, so it was it was a boon to have where a guy is he like now? that. Now Floyd, where are you now? You know what? He went to law school. Nice. All through that time, he was going to law school, and okay. now he works as a lawyer. And his partner—I forget the guy's name—but they opened up in Chelsea a gay sports bar, probably 15 years ago. Thank oh, you. Oh man, you're gonna have to <laughs> called, thank you. Called the gym or the locker? You know that place? Uh, I don't know it. It's—they kill it. They're like uh, they're a sports bar in Chelsea. I forget. Ooh, I think it's called. If it's still there, it's. I'm gonna. I'm making a note. I never yeah. make a note, but I'm gonna find Floyd. <laughs> What's the name of his bar? I think it's called the Gym or the Locker. The Gym. A gay sports bar. Or locker, and then the other guy is Duff. All right, we're getting places. Um, I am. Um, I've almost never worked in a place with a bouncer, and the few times I did, the bouncer came in at ten o'clock. And the trouble always happens before 10. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, my dream is to just have somebody like that, that, like, has nothing to prove, isn't trying to start any trouble, just will walk over and, like, give people a look, and then they just walk out on their own because they're just, yeah, know not to mess with them. Yeah. Whenever I'm in a, a dive bar or certain mm-hmm. places, my, off, my thought often goes to, how do they do this without a security guard? Yeah. Because, you know, just add alcohol, there's going to be problems. There Definitely. Our our main security system is this bar is very boring for troublemakers. I know what you so mean. So yeah. there's like like we we don't let you hit on women. We don't have like a pool table. The music is not loud. So you're gonna be like, what like this is what am I gonna do here? Like talk about Dungeons and Dragons? So Yeah. They, they kind of get bored and leave. That's a good policy. Just make <laughs> yeah. it unappealing. Just make it unappealing yeah, yeah, yeah. to troublemakers. <laughs> That's my policy. So you were at Bell House, um, and you saw a lot of awesome shows and saw met some great awesome people. Great shows there. Yep, yep. 
So I was working at Bell House, and mm-hmm. they started doing weddings in the time I was there. Uh-huh. So I would often work these weddings on the weekends, which were great because you get na- you know, you're usually done at a reasonable hour, and they mm-hmm. paid well and that kind of thing, and everybody's in a good mood and having fun. And I got, well, I'm trying to think how it happened. I, someone referred me over to the owner at the mm-hmm. Bowery Ballroom saying they need a general manager. And okay. Like, I don't know them. I mean, what am I, yeah. just walk over there and tell them I want the job? Yeah. So someone, I was just at work working a wedding and my, uh, num- uh, I answered a number I didn't recognize and it was the owner saying, someone rec- recommend you, can you come in for an interview? I said, yeah, oh, I'll wow. be, be there tomorrow or something. So I went in and I got... So you never contacted them. They contacted you. Yeah, but okay. I, I was... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I might have pursued it, but it, uh-huh. before I even had a chance to pursue it, they, they, they called, called me. You. And I went and met the owner. He's a great guy. Had a great mm-hmm. long talk. And I thought, I'm going to get this job, I think. Awesome. And then a week went by and he called me again. And uh-huh. I t- took the interview and it was a little more tense and a little more... Uh, inquisitive about me you know like I think I'm going to get this job now <laughs> and then another and then I saw him in the street he was in my neighborhood walking around and I was hey Michael what, and he, he kind of took a second to remember who I was and I was like he's like what are you doing I'm like I'm, I live over here what are you doing he goes I'm going to see my friend alright and I'm like I want that job <laughs> and I went off and uh, a week later he called me and now he was really grilling me okay that and, now was serious yeah now I'm like oh man I was getting nervous and what kind interview. of questions he was like stroking his beard going why you why you we're gonna hire you and I'm like uh, I don't do cocaine uh, I have go. a girlfriend already uh, I don't <laughs> curse at customers you know those are all good you know reasons. what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I finished the interview and was really confused and uh, <laughs> five minutes later he called me and said you got the job that's awesome and uh, yeah it was great I don't think I've ever had two interviews for a job before Maybe, maybe the hotels. Yes, actually, yes. For the Sheridan, I had two interviews because you had to have your HR interview and then you had to be interviewed by like the food and beverage manager. Right, right. But that's the most, I know in corporate, you yeah. have like a million interviews. Oh, but, God, yeah. But I couldn't even imagine. I'd Like by the third interview, I'd be like, I don't know, give me the fucking job already. Yeah, like, I was kind like, of feeling that way. Yeah, yeah. What more can I tell you? <laughs> but I feel like once I get to that point, I almost always get the job. Like, when I'm like, oh, yes, and I'm, I am this responsible and that responsible and, like, bullshit, bullshit, I don't get the job. But when I'm like, look, I can do this fucking job, they're, they're like, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So another tip for those of you looking for work. Just tell, just tell them yeah. I can do this fucking <laughs> job. <laughs> and you, you, there's, there's all manner of people, uh, as you know, having interviewed a lot of uh, yeah. prospective employees yes. and bartenders. That you don't have to shine too bright in this industry. You just have to shine. <laughs> just got to show up. Yeah, yeah. got to show up and don't leave before your shift ends. Yeah, try not to get too drunk while you're working. Try not to. Yeah. Yes. Um, and if you do, that's all right, too. <laughs> what was the training like to be a GM? Uh, so a lot of, uh, you know, these are where all the lights are and this is where we keep this and that. Uh-huh. I remember actually getting back to you know what what, uh, what being grilled about uh-huh. uh, about the job saying, and I kind of stretched the truth a bit. Like I told them I could fix an ice machine. I knew how to do plumbing and electricity, mm-hmm. which I really don't. But I kind of just was saying things like uh-huh. that. But I always knew who to call. You know, I always knew yeah. I, plumbers' numbers, electricians' numbers, and things like that. There you go. And uh, so I... the, it, it, the 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 training was like, this is. 
why the ice machine falls apart, so don't move this. Yeah. And this is this and uh -huh. that. And, and, and then the whole dealing with the artists and, you know, settling money. There's a lot of money flying yeah. around in uh, the box office. And just being present and managing security guards and bartenders. And, mm -hmm. you know, they had a very good setup long before I got there. That's so, so you just I, got, kind yeah. of got to step in yeah. and keep I, it going. I was, remember following the, the, the guy I was replacing around with a little notepad, writing mm -hmm. everything down. And after a few minutes, he turned to me and goes, listen, put the notepad away. You're going to be fine. I can already tell you're going to be good at this. Just do what oh, they tell great. you. You know what I mean? He was great. You. you know what I mean? That's awesome. And then once I got the, the keys and the reins, it, like everything, it's not rocket science. Just yeah. uh, managing drunks. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing them out. I know, I know two things that could be wrong with the ice machine before I have to call somebody. Like I guess for most for most of the equipment, I know like one or two fixes. Yeah. That may or may not work, and then after those, I have to. I feel like that's all you can. That's Usually you those can really that do. does the trick though. Usually it does the, the time trick. At least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first one is turn it off and on again. Yep, and, yep. And, and, like, <laughs> open this door. Don't open that door. That door's for the electrician. But yeah. open this door. Make sure it's clean, basically. Um, so that so the Bowery Ballroom is the only bar I was ever thrown out of. Before the show, I'm told, right? Before the yeah, show. Yeah. Before the show. Um, I like to think that, you know, I've, I started bartending before I was old enough to drink legally, so I like to think I'm a person that knows how to act in a bar. Um, but I had tickets to see Bob Mould. All right. Um, and it was a charity show. And there was no information about really what time anybody was going on. And there was no information about if anybody was opening. So I think the doors were like eight. And I was like, we got to get there early because I have no idea what this is. Yeah, yeah. You know? And my, my friend that I was going with, she had some friends visiting from out of town. And they had been drinking all day. And they came and met me, and they were already wasted. And I think I had, I had gotten tickets for them, too, when she said they were in town. So, so they showed up to pick me up, already wasted, and already later than we said we were going to meet. And then we ended up at another... We ended up at Barcade in Williamsburg. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Which, we, I lived in Park Slope, so I don't even know how we... like why we ended up in Williamsburg but we took a cab and that's where we were and then we were there for like an hour and I had like a drink maybe I had a drink and a shot to try to catch up and I'm not a video games person yeah. so I was just like worried that I was going to be late for this show yeah. and sober with a bunch of drunk people and then I was like I'm sure annoying to them because I was like alright guys let's go let's go let's go we get in a cab, we go to Bowery Ballroom, and we are, like, the first people there. <laughs> there is nobody there. Clearly, like, everybody else knew what kind of thing it was but me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. I'm, I'm an idiot. Maybe I don't go to enough shows. I don't know. It happens every show. Does it? Oh, There's yeah. like, every show. There's, like, some old lady who's like, why isn't the band on yet? It's yeah, at yeah. 8.30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. They're on at 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was kind of like that. And so I'm there with, like... Four wasted people in from out of town, um, and nobody else. And they're fully staffed. Yeah. And nobody had anything to do but watch us. Oh yeah. 
and two of the people in the group kept trying to write graffiti on stuff. Yeah. And, and security kept being like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And then, like, three of the people in our group left, and we couldn't find them. I think one of them was the one that was my friend. And I was like, what the hell? And I'm, like, trying to do shots, but also drinks were expensive, you know, yeah, yeah. in clubs. So I'm, like, trying to catch up and be drunk, but I'm annoyed and, like, can't get drunk, you know? Oh, yeah. Because I'm, like, already mad. And then the people that left came back, and they're like, let's go do some coke in the bathroom. And I'm like, all right, fine. And so all of us, and now we're in a big room that's not as dark as it's going to be later, filled with employees and us, and we all went into the ladies' room at the same time and into one stall, like idiots. And we weren't even in there two seconds when the door slams open and security's like, out! And then I ran out and went home and my friend stayed and argued. And I was like, I don't want them to ever remember my face. Like, I want to come back here. And yeah, I yeah. just left. And so that's my Bowery Ball well, story. Well, I've seen so. it happen. I've seen it happen. <laughs> and I've also eased up. Don't follow people in the bathroom. Yeah. Let people have fun. Let people go in the bathroom. Their own business, what they go. I what mean, they do I, there. my policy is generally: if you're too stupid to keep me from figuring out what you're doing, then no, get out. Like you're gonna yeah, get yeah. me in trouble, you know. But if I can't see it, then I don't care. Yeah. But we were too stupid. Like we deserve to be thrown out. Well, we were like you take it. You're you're, yeah. you're being a good sport about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my friends were trying to graffiti like yeah. the staircase, like. It was so stupid. It was very stupid. Well, you're br- after having not worked all this pandemic, you're bringing it all back to me. What I'm, what I'm about to <laughs> right re-enter. Yeah. Yes. And, and the thing is, because we're open, um, people haven't been out, so they really don't know how to act. Oh, like the, the ones that knew before forgot. Yeah. So nobody knows how to act. Um, somebody stole, on Thursday, somebody stole our garbage bag. What I'm saying is we put out our garbage in the street to be yeah. collected. Yeah. Somebody emptied the garbage out onto the sidewalk and stole the bag. Oh, my God. Like, what? <laughs> you, what, are they, what are you saving? What go, you, can't you just go get a garbage bag? I mean, yeah. not a single one of my employees would have said no if the guy said, hey, can I have a garbage bag? Like, yeah. if he came in and said, can I have a garbage bag? But now my bartender had to, like, go out there and sweep up all the garbage we've already thrown out Ooh. into another garbage bag. Yeah, that's a bag. good bartender. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all good. Yeah. They're all really good. So, yeah, so you guys are opening back up. Yep. Are you fully staffed? We're more or less. We're about 95, okay. 90%. Oh, most of, most of them are coming good. back. You know, a lot of people who stayed in New York and yeah. do other things and mm-hmm. do this on the side. But I managed to find some new ones and new folks. Nice. Raring to get back into it. Yeah, you know, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I do. You know, I think I, I keep hearing the kitchens are having the biggest trouble getting people back. But um, bartenders, I've noticed. I, I didn't have too much trouble finding bartenders. No. Yeah. We didn't have a kitchen before. We have yeah. one now. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have a kitchen person now. Yeah. Um, and he's doing great. But we never had one before because we were not. <laughs> we were not doing food until Cuomo until you had to mandated right? wow, that we yeah, do yeah. it. So. 
Um, and so we started making food and then people liked the food we were making. Yeah. And so we can't be like, psych, no more food. Yeah, yeah. So we had to hire someone to make it because we were doing it ourselves and we were exhausted. Yeah. That's the only um, thing I never want to do again is make food for people. <laughs> except in my home. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do that? Did you work in a, I, in yeah, a kitchen? Yeah, I worked in kitchens. I worked in delis growing up. And, oh, wow. And uh, like high volume delis, you know, mm-hmm. people, just thousands and thousands. And you have all your fingers. So I got all my good. fingers, yep. The, the slicers never never mm-hmm. cut myself too bad. We um, we hired our our cook, and we have a deli slicer, and he cut himself on it the first day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and so you have a lot of bands and a lot of shows coming up? We do. We've got... Full calendar starting after Labor Day. A little bit in August and then full on after awesome. Labor Day. Yeah, yeah. And do you have to go into work every day now to prepare? Well, not necessarily every day, but quite a bit lately. The uh-huh. closer we get to it, new POS system, new toys and bells and whistles. Oh, and, uh, wow. New POS you know, system. You know, like everything seems like the modem disappeared. Everything, I was like, why doesn't the internet work? Oh, wow. For some reason, everything just has just, is being reset. and Like the earth claimed it all back. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you like, the, you know, a modem from a year ago or five years ago is like, you know, like Atari compared to what they have now. That's you know? true. Yeah. And when you came back after being closed for so much time, did you find like gross food, like gross limes in the fridge or anything like that? I did. <laughs> I found a, uh, oh, I, I found something way grosser. I found a, uh, we get a lot of food for the bands, uh-huh. you know, for the green room. Oh, yeah. And I was cleaning out the walk-in cooler, which uh-huh. had, which was off. And yeah. there was just various boxes and some boxes of limes and pretty gross stuff. But I found a bag of boar's head deli meat oh no and and i went i didn't know what it was i went to pick it up and it was liquefied oh, and the smell gross it was yeah it was one of the grossest <laughs> things yeah liquefied meat oh yeah. luckily boar's head is not one of our sponsors it tasted <laughs> it still tasted good it's <laughs> ah. <laughs> um Green Room. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Um, do you get those um, no brown M&M riders? Or? Usually as a joke, but mm-hmm. mostly pretty easygoing stuff in that regard. That's great. You know, these band, People think the bands are going to be up to shenanigans, but they're mostly exhausted. Yeah. You know, it's a hard life for all of them. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a shower in there for them? We do. We have a little shower in there. A little. Uh, it's not as nice as uh, some Green Rooms I'm sure they see around the country, but there is a shower. I've and, seen the green room yeah. in the Bell House. There's no shower. No shower there. I painted oh. that green room. Did you? I did, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a nice green room. Um, I've been back there a few times. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my husband tours sometimes, Stuart, and he has a podcast. And they basically ask for, like, hummus and vegetables and, like, cook. It's always the same. And and I didn't realize that that's what they were they were asking for. I'm like, you guys always like every green room has the same stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's because that's what they asked for. I feel like they could ask for more. Okay, here's the deal with with this is my yeah. take on it all. A lot of bands are deciding what they want for their green room before they go on tour. So uh-huh. they, they get together they're like, we got to be healthy. We want some beets and salad and yeah, you know, hummus and pita and we always have hummus crackers and, pita. and they, all that's healthy stuff. Uh huh. And then when they get there, they're like, oh, they would do anything for a hot dog and a hamburger. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they're so tired and hungry, and they want comfort mm-hmm. food. But largely, okay. it is that's usually what it is. It's that, you know, snacks and it's whatnot. Hummus, chips, chips. carrots. Yep. Like, 
I think bananas. Like one kind of cookies. I, they do get like a little bit of snacks. We mix it up for them. If they ask for certain things, we'll get it for them. We, we, we're right next to Whole Foods, so oh. kind of just whatever Whole Foods has to offer, we'll get it for them. Oh, a research. Lot of, a lot of kombucha. What the venue is next to. Right. Yeah. And then note to, note to your idea. husband. Note, yeah. note to note to his um, traveling manager, me. Um, they're, you like, know, they're also like, uh, it, I never, it took me years to kind of figure this out, but let's say you're doing your sound check, especially mm-hmm. the singers. Uh-huh. And now, and now you're about to sing, like you can't have a ham sandwich. Like you, you, you can, you kind of can, uh-huh. but you have to be careful with your intake. You know, you'd be burping oh, up there. Oh yeah. And you notice like, up a ham sandwich. yeah, you know, so, or you're playing bass and now you got to go to the bathroom or, yeah, or knows, you know, you got to be careful on your intake. That so yeah. Sense. And also, if you ask for coffee and you like milk with your coffee, you have to ask for milk, too. Yeah. Because they won't get the milk. We do a pretty good job of keeping, like, because I like my mm-hmm. coffee, and I know they're going to ask, in lieu of having to run out and get it, mm-hmm. I keep a little fridge with almond milk, soy milk, regular milk, all that kind of stuff. We, we, we got a good, like, stock for them. And then a lot of times that food is really for their van. It's going with the van. Oh, yeah. You know? We don't travel with a van. And there's, <laughs> we, I, there was so much food left over. Uh-huh. I hate, we, you know, who wants to waste yeah. food? Yes. I box it all up, and, they, and even if they don't want it, like, here you go. Here you here, go. There's get your this food. out of here, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Where are we? And our, you know, getting just the whole overall Bowery thing, we have, we have uh, four, four bartenders a night, uh-huh. and a bar back who managed to, like, crank out basically thousands of drinks a night for five or 600 people. Yeah. And they all just, do it effortlessly and kind of carry the craziness of hundreds of drunks around mm-hmm. them, and it's it's a it's a good That's place. That's such to a work. different kind yeah. of world where like yeah. there's nobody in there, then there's everybody in there, and then it's yeah. over. The customers are incentivized to behave because they want to see the show, as opposed yes. to like I'm gonna act like an asshole. <laughs> if, I, if I get thrown out, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to behave at least before the show. And after the show, you're going to get thrown out yeah. anyway. <laughs> so have a plan. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into the bar business? I've never asked this question before. It just occurred to me. Um, let's see. That is a good question. I know. You know I just the, thought besides of it. Besides the like, simple, like, get a cheap resume, mm-hmm. you know, just learn how to make a drink before yes. you get there, you know? The resume, that's a good point. Yeah. Because I always ask for people to send me a resume. Yeah. And sometimes people get a little bit frazzled by yeah. that. And I'm like, number one, I don't want an objective. I don't want, like, all kinds of crazy buzzwords. I don't want to know, like, mixed cocktails or made-and-served drinks. Just give me a list of the places you worked. Yeah. References. And, yeah. Yes. Highlight your references. Yeah. And just, just tell the prospective employer... To call my references. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's what I always yeah. think it goes the longest. Yes. The places you worked, where, like the address and yeah. your references. And yeah. that's it. I don't want to know. And do you have your food handler certificate? I always like hand, <laughs> I've always liked hiring bartenders who've never bartended before. Oh, yeah? You know, I've never done high end dining or anything crazy uh-huh. like that, but I like hiring bartenders. You could train them pretty quick, but you sure. get them, you get no bad habits. Mm. No attitude from previous jobs or, Interesting. you know. Um, I find that when people haven't worked somewhere else, they don't really appreciate how nice we are. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you have no idea how good you have it. 
We actually pay you. Some places don't even pay you. I mean, we. I just, I just recently trained somebody who was shocked that we let them go to the bathroom whenever they want. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wait, I can tell you not to go to the bathroom whenever you want? Yeah. Awesome. Um, I've actually I've had jobs where I was not allowed to go to the bathroom whenever I wanted, but I, I strive to be better. See, now it's getting back to what I was saying about the bands. They, gotta, mm-hmm. they can't go to the bathroom when they're on stage. Yeah. No. Be careful. Yeah, don't you know, give them a ham sandwich. Yeah, it's not all just <laughs> sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's I guess not. Maintaining your intake. Yeah, and I guess they can't get too drunk before they perform, otherwise they can't. Unless you're awesome. Yeah, unless you're awesome. Yeah. Unless you're awesome. That's true. Um, I have a segment. I have one segment on this show, and it's called You Won't Believe the Day I Had. And I encourage people to write into me at... I know the owner podcast at gmail.com um, and tell me about their shitty or awesome day as if they were walking into the bar and sat down and they were like, oh my God, you won't believe the day I had. Um, I almost never get letters from people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I resorted to reading from Reddit, Am I the Asshole? Are you familiar with that? I'm not, no. Um, so people um, find situations in their life and they're like, was I the asshole in that situation or was it the other person? And they write into Reddit and Reddit readers respond and I tell like you yeah. if they're the asshole or not. So I like to find stuff that's related to bars and restaurants. And then I'll just read it as if this person wrote a letter to me and we'll determine if they're the asshole. So, dear Charlene, am I the asshole for disputing a charge on a check despite my date's objections? Oh, I should have worn my glasses. (laughs) Okay. Yesterday, I went to get brunch with this guy at a nice restaurant as our second date. The date itself was fine until we got the check. I reached for my wallet and offered to pay for my half, but he insisted that he wanted to, which was sweet. He just put his card down in the holder without looking at the check, which I thought was weird. I always check the bill to make sure that everything was accurate, so I asked him if I could take a look, and he said, sure. I already have an opinion. So so I looked at the bill and noticed that they charged $2.50 for hot sauce. I asked for hot sauce for my meal, but was never told that it would cost extra, because who in their right mind charges for hot sauce at a restaurant? I mean, the hot sauce was homemade and came in a nice little bowl. It was delicious. Why would I pay for it? However, the point was that we were not informed of the cost. I brought it up to my date, who kind of shrugged it off and said that it doesn't matter. I disagreed and said that I was going to talk to our waiter about it. He laughed and said it really wasn't that big of a deal. When the waiter came by, I complained about the charge and said that he didn't tell us about charging for hot sauce. The waiter said that it was a special hot sauce. I said if I had known that they charged for the special hot sauce, I would have taken Tabasco. The waiter was clearly a little pissed and said that he would check with his manager about potentially removing the charge. When the waiter left, my date was pissed with me and said that he told me not to bring it up and that it was his money and that I was embarrassing him by confronting the waiter. I was kind of taken aback because I really don't understand why he would have a problem with me making a complaint about an unfair charge. I told him that this was not even close to a confrontation (laughs) and that I was doing him a favor. 
The waiter came back with a new check that didn't charge for hot sauce. I offered to pay for half again out of politeness, but my date again insisted that he paid. We hugged awkwardly and left on our own. Obviously, it ended on a sour note, and I don't think we're going to see each other again. I think he's a baby, too scared of even the tiniest bit of confrontation. But maybe I did over-insist? Am I the asshole? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I want to go. I'd like to go to that place that has homemade hot sauce. I know. It sounds delicious. I'd only use Yelp and things like that for directions, right? Yes, of course. And the only reviews I'm interested in are bad reviews. Yes. Because it usually makes me like, I usually, that's an asshole. Yes. Taking their time to give a bad review on Yelp. And it makes me like that place more. Yes. I agree. Yeah. When you have a good time at a place, you generally, like, tell your friends about it. Yeah. But you don't, like, go on social media to be like, oh, my God, I had the best time at this place. Unless, I don't know, you, like... You have nothing else to do You have nothing time. else to yeah. do. You, you've never had a good time before. You're on a crusade. <laughs> I don't know. But it's rare that you just have a good time and complain. So for every bad complaint, there's, like, 30 people who had a good time, probably. Um... But, but there's so many things wrong with this person. Number one, no, you cannot look at the bill. This is a gift. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, you don't look at the check when somebody else pays it. That's it. They paid it. Um, maybe say, can I leave the tip? And if they say yes, then maybe you can look at the total I, yeah, to see yeah. what tip you want to leave. Also, I might even suggest that hot sauce was on the menu and you didn't see it. Well, good point. Yeah. That, like that a is a possibility. Yeah. Um, also, you had it, and it was delicious, and it's $2.50, yep. and it's not your fucking money. <laughs> so You are the asshole, so sir. So you are definitely the asshole. <laughs> I like the idea of that. I have and to check that site out. Yeah, 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 it's really fun. And then there's a, there's a follow-up. Um, the person said, edit. Obviously, people think I'm an asshole. <laughs> That's fine. But what's really funny is people who are trying to rub it in my face that I'm not getting a third date with this guy. I know, LOL. We are not compatible. And honestly, I'd end up eating him alive if he considers that kind of shit a confrontation. I don't want to see him again either. And I, I feel like there's, there's something that the writer is not understanding. And it's not fear of confrontation that keeps people from confronting service people. Yeah. It's a shitty job and there's no reason to be shitty to a waiter. Right. And it's not like I'm afraid of fighting for my 250. It's like this waiter's doing their job. Yeah. They're not the one who probably put it in the POS and decided to charge extra. Yes. They have, they're just punching things in and the prices exactly. pop up. And maybe this place is known for their hot sauce. And he was like, oh, you want to order our special famous hot sauce? Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. It's, I would like it's only 250 hot sauce. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I don't love confrontation, but I don't shy away from it. But I absolutely do not confront a waiter yeah. about an extra 250 for hot sauce. I like bad service. I, would... I get a kick out of bad service. <laughs> you, you know, when you have like a really clueless... Waiter, yes. waiter, especially somebody young. They're yes. like so yes. young, you know. And inevitably, someone's going to be annoyed with bad service, mm-hmm. which 
doubles my enjoyment because now I'm getting a kick out of the bad service uh-huh. and now I'm getting a kick out of somebody being upset by it. Yeah. You know, like there's usually people who are not, have never been in the service industry. Yeah, yeah. You know, who don't, just can't see past it. I feel like I can tell what's going wrong when I'm in a place. Like, like I feel like, when, first of all, when we go on vacation, if like, one thing goes horribly wrong, that's the best vacation ever because now I had a great time and I have a story. Yeah. So it's like, um, but you can tell like, oh man, there's only one server for all these people. Oh yeah. Like, let's not be a dick. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's, let's give them a chance. Or you can tell that like, I don't know, it's their first day. You know what I or, get a lot of my job? Uh-huh. Excuse me, are you the manager? Yeah. Uh, oh yes. Uh, how can I help you? <laughs> uh, that so and so over there was. I, I've worked in service industry before, and they were so rude to me. Mm-hmm. And then all I can do is just sit there with a poker face, like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And there's nothing you can do to appease somebody that's upset. No. You just try. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's what I get quite a bit. Excuse me. Are you the manager? And then, uh, what is the what is the policy? Do you have to like try to try to make the customer happy, or um, like for example, when I worked in hotels, there was there was no way in hell the manager would ever take my side. Like yeah, the customer is always right. Yeah, yeah. We have this much money to make their stay right. Like let's count their check. Let's buy them a bottle of champagne. Let's like. And it was infuriating because people would be rude to me and then they would get free stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. hated it. Um, Our stakes aren't as high, but I am meant to be trying to appease them, of course. Mm-hmm. But once in a while, you, you, I try to separate them from the offending employee, uh-huh. security guard or bartender, and sometimes me. Sometimes I was the rude one. Yeah. But yeah. I, I kind of get a kick out of like a real earnest apology. Like we just had... We've gone through so much today. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You know, I like yeah. I like that earnest. And then having like, the person be like, oh, I'm oh, so sorry. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> no You problem. don't get it. Her hamster died this morning, and she came into work anyway, and she's just having a bad day. I even have, like, a, a one bartender who works with me who mm. will watch me go through this and gets a kick out of me having to go through this. Uh-huh. And then if I will offer to buy <laughs> them a drink, sadist. she knows to make it a really stiff drink. Ah. So like I'm so sorry, blah blah blah, and then like, can we get you a drink? Can we? Why don't, uh-huh. why don't you and your party come have a drink? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. A glass of gin with like a splash of tonic. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy yourself. <laughs> um, the beauty of having my own place is that, and sometimes it bites me in the ass, is that there's nobody to be like, no, 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 you need to appease these people. So I'm like, fuck you, get out. And <laughs> I, 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 I don't envy you having gone through service industry during COVID. And I didn't rough. have to. I, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I haven't worked through that. And even as a customer, it was terrible. You know, it wasn't fun. It wasn't yeah. interesting, you know. And, it but, definitely uh, wasn't fun at first right. watching, like, your, your contemporaries suffer. Yeah. <laughs> Until the weather got warm and the, mm-hmm. and the restrictions eased. Okay, yeah. now, we're, now we seem to be back, you know. Yeah. But people were largely being difficult. Yes. I don't know how to put it other than projecting their own confusion onto others, you know? Yeah, and it was confusing. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like we were the only people that knew what the rules were. Yeah. <laughs> people were calling us asking if we had karaoke. I was yeah. like, what? Oh, wow, yeah. Are you kidding me? Um, and then during the pandemic, you 
you like started your own man with a van business. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you, you, you're a hustler. I was fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that, I, w- I don't want to do that again until it's my own home that I'm doing it on. Yeah, but that, that makes was sense. A, a fun learning experience and good way to make some money. I mean, I am gonna have to one day get that treadmill out of my apartment. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, I'm living in Arkansas by then. <laughs> Or it comes with the apartment. You know, <laughs> yeah. It comes with the treadmill. Or like, we'll, we'll rent it to the next people. Yeah, with treadmill. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know how we'll ever get it out. Oh, man, yeah. Um, that front window. <laughs> my yeah. friend, remember, my friend Colin, who came to help yes, me, is yes. now one of the managers, not managers, but bartenders at the Ear Inn. You know the Ear Inn? I do know the Ear Inn. So if you're, it, the Ear Inn is up and running again. Oh, awesome. I and, had uh, yeah. um, Angela from the Ear Inn on my podcast oh, nice. earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great people. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll. Uh, he was a long. He was a long time bartender at a Puck Fair. Okay. And he That's, he he and this um, Irish in the village. Guy, it was it was on Houston and Lafayette. Uh huh. But that whole building and the whole block is gone. It's now the gas station that was there. It's all oh, wow. a, a new building there now. I whenever I go into the city, I sound like my grandma. I'm like, oh, this used to be this, and this used yeah, to be yeah. that, and wasn't the Woolworth. Over here, and it was two cents for a movie. Yeah, this is where I met Ed Koch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, I wonder if that era, you know, like let's say, you know, we remember, let's say maybe Giuliani on or Dinkins uh, Forward, but I wonder if the service industry had gripes about Koch and these mayors before, oh, or were maybe. or were they just not involved in nightlife? They just let things. I think old New York maybe just they just let they it just go. let go. Yeah. Like you do whatever you want, you know. Yeah. Like, they don't have time for that. Do you remember when um, Giuliani first became mayor? Were you in the in the service? Industry? I was, yeah, yeah, and I do remember he came into a place I was working at. Oh my at god! The, at the height of his like cracking down. On on everybody and everything, uh-huh. he came into this place I was working at and ate, and we were just—it just wasn't a good like. Why are you here? This yeah, place is terrible. Like, don't ever go to a restaurant. Yeah. You're gonna eat a lot of spit. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it was like overnight everything yeah. changed. Yeah. Like it was fun, and then it was like you had all these crazy rules, like we were talking yeah, about yeah. the cabaret rules. Um, all right, I guess we'll wind it down. Do you have anything you want to promote? I want to promote that Purim party. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Now I have to throw it. Yeah. Yeah. My my dad made a um, a wooden Haman, who's the bad guy from Purim. I don't know how familiar you are. Okay. And um, we throw wiffle balls into his eyes. Oh, nice. Because he's the bad guy. Yeah. Well, so I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look look for look at our Facebook page around Purim time. Um, but if you have Google Calendar, you won't know because it's not on there. This is what I want to promote. <laughs> Yes. Bring cash when you go out. Yes. It's just faster. Like you yes. want to get drinks quick. Bring, bring cash. cash. I second Be that nice. promotion. Buy people drinks and dress sharp. People look <laughs> nice. Look sharp. nice when you go look out. Nice. Don't wear basketball shorts <laughs> out at night. Come on, man. You're triggering so many yeah. of my pet peeves right now. Yeah. We might have to have a second show. And uh, yeah, that's all. That's it. Um, I'm gonna promote Minis is doing karaoke. On Saturday night. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Minis in Sunset Park on 4th Avenue and 33rd. Um, And we show Drag Race at Minis and Hinterlands on Thursdays. And we have Trivia Night, Hinterlands on Sundays. And we have Trivia Night at Minis on Wednesdays with Craig Reed. And um, yes, everybody go out, bring cash, tip your bartenders. Remember that. Everybody is still under stressed. 
follow all the rules they give you, even if you think, um, you know, it's over and you don't have to. Some places still have, you know, rules and they have a right to do what they want to do. I don't know. Be grateful, um, people. <laughs> and yeah. some of the prizes now for your uh, trivia nights can include tickets to Bowery Ballroom shows. Oh, wow. We'll talk about that off the air. All right. That sounds awesome. Go. So come on down and do some trivia. All right. Thanks, Kieran. This is really fun. Good to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I know you're there. I know you're there. I know you're there.